Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. It's Sunday morning, the same day this podcast is getting released. We waited because, as we mentioned on Podcast 42, that we would have a sicka update and we me and chris as you guys know we hunted maryland sicka deer thursday friday and saturday Sika. <coughs> excuse me Sika. yeah the correct is Sika uh deer in maryland um and today's sunday morning after our trip so we're going to give a an update on what happened and i'm going to give you a brief history of what i understand about Sika deer and then we're going to go over this whole process and I'm going to ask Chris a bunch of questions because I've hunted them before. Chris has not. So this is his first time. So are you awake? I'm totally wore up. We are dead. We had long trips in and all day sits and I got home last night and we, I just, I crashed. I didn't have that opportunity. No, you had a four hour drive home. <laughs> I had a four hour drive home and then spoiler alert, I had to take care of an animal. Yes. And we will get to that toward the end. Mm-hmm. All right. So a lot of people heard of seek a deer, um, but don't really know much about them. And I'd be the first to admit, I don't know a whole lot, but this is my second year hunting them. And uh, a brief history is the, the sick of deer is in Dorchester County, Maryland. There's a couple of counties there that they're in, but primarily in Dorchester. From what I understand, they were dropped off on James Island back in 1916, I believe, from a guy named Henry Clement. And apparently he dropped, I don't know why, I can't, under, I can't find out why he dropped them off, but apparently he dropped five off, five or six, I believe. Well, eventually they escaped this island, swam across, and they populated. So they've been in Maryland for over 100 years now, and now there's estimated populations of over 12,000. They primarily live in the swamps of Dorchester, wetlands, and uh, where there's a heavy population of sick deer, there's a very extremely low population of whitetails. They do not. That was interesting. Yeah, they do not uh, live like the same, you know. Co- co-inhabit. Right. So, like I said, the sick of deer primarily like wetlands, and whitetails do not really like wetlands, so they are separated. Now, there is small areas where they there is there mi- there's a mix of them, Overlap. but it's very low whitetails. Now, they're in they're in dorchester county there's other areas that have a high population of whitetails and a very low population of sick deer so it's a mix of both down in that area um the more wetlands the more sick deer you'll find um sick deer from what i read have a more wider range of food than whitetails so they have different varieties of food that they prefer to eat obviously sick of deer love acorns um so do whitetails so that's just you know a similar thing that they will eat um sick of deer in dorchester county uh depending where you hunt you need a permit uh we hunted an area where we need permits 
and uh, you have to purchase them ahead of time. So it's a very interesting animal. Um, they bugle. They're part of the elk family. They, I think they originated in Japan, I believe. And they were just brought over here by this dude named Henry Clement. And if you research Henry Clement, you'll see it. Uh, but it, it's, it's pretty cool. They're small animals, you know, mature stag. The, the males are called stags. And they will dress about 100 pounds, field dress about 100 pounds. The females are called hinds. And a mature female may dress out at about 50, 50 55 pounds. Um, it's very good eating. I haven't ate one in about 20 years. But uh, like Chris said, he has some meat now that uh, he's going to eat. <laughs> so that's a brief history of sick of deer. Like I said, I'm not an expert on them. This is only my second year hunting them, but I've known about them since I've started hunting. And I did hunt them one time, like 20 years ago. And I shot one female, hind, but uh, I'm still after a stag. So let's start out. Uh, what was what was your experience as far as getting there in the in the hotel, getting up early? Because you're not allowed to access the the area until three hours, so we have to get there early, get in line, get to the parking lot. So, what, what was that experience like? So, we uh, roll up to the hotel and it is packed. Uh, it's it full, packed. full, full hunters. And uh, I guess previously, though, to the day we got down there, what it was already bow season for them. Yeah, it's been bow season since September. So there was actually guys that were trying to bow hunt them, you know, previously. And then a lot of guys were rolling in just like us because that was going to be the first morning of a permitted muzzleloader hunt that we had to buy a special permit for that one day. Thursday. Thursday was a special permit. And Dave stayed up late one night on the computer with his finger on the button, I guess. And when it said open to purchase, he hit the button and he got us two permits right away. Mm -hmm. So we was part of the special allotted folks that got to hunt on that Thursday morning. It's called limit. It's called limited muzzleloader. Okay. So in the zone that we were in, we was only what? Two of 30 think, some permits I think given 30. out. I think 30. Okay. <clears throat> so that was actually, we thought that was going to be a game changer and it, we'll get to it, but it turns out it wasn't really that much of an advantage. More only, people. only, yeah, because we thought Friday and Saturday it would be loaded with people and mm -hmm. it really didn't load up like we thought it would. It dropped it, off. It did drop off. So anyhow, uh, yeah, we get into the hotel and I overpacked for sure. Kill you. Um, I mean, I'm always prepared, so I had way too much stuff. And we get into the hotel, and wow, we was we was loaded to the gills. And even brought my bike inside. Yeah, I I just uh, we'll get to that too. I do not have an e bike, so <laughs> I took a mountain bike, which I do not recommend to do. But that's what I had, and that's what I used. So it made my hunt a lot harder. But as we go forward we get in the hotel we're loaded up we get to bed i don't know about 9 30 and thursday morning we get up the alarms go off at three and we get up we get ready and we go 
we go out, get in the truck, reload the truck, everything we needed, we take with us. And it was a different experience because I am not a morning person. Uh, I do get up every day at 3 a.m. anyhow for my work. So I was used to it. But then you got Dave. He, he was like the general. Come on. Come on. We got to go. We got to go. He's rushing me all the time. He's a pain in the butt. You know, so we get in the truck and we get there and you there's a gate like he had just mentioned and it's open, but you're not allowed to go through the gate till three hours before sunup. So you got to look at the time of sunrise and then back up three hours. Yeah. So we had to get out an app, look up our, our sunup. Like 416. Figure out like the first morning we were what? <coughs> we were what? Third in line. There was already two trucks there in front of us. Yeah. We were third in line and we couldn't, you know, that first person can't go through until 416. Yeah. So we, we had to wait until the clock turned 416 and then we fired up and rolled through the gate and then you get into a parking area and all the while there's a line of people behind you so mm -hmm. it's a mad dash everybody parks they all have got e-bikes they all throw their e-bikes down throw it on a kickstand and they either have a pack with a stand on it or they have a rack that they strap a stand on and go. I mean, in the dark, off they go with a headlamp or a headlight on their bicycle, depending on what the bike they have. And it's a it's a rush. First it, come. It, it was a it was a rat race, man. And yeah. we we actually heard a guy yell, "If you're not first, you're last." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. It was hilarious, and so obviously we weren't moving too quick because I was pedaling. And I'm not the well, youngest we got, guy. We, you know. we got moving. We got moving. We did. We we got out of there pretty quick. But one of the problems with my setup was I didn't I didn't have the right gear to be doing this. I just mm. took the gear that I had. So it was a challenge, but we adapted and overcame. Uh, one of the issues was that the stand, the ratchet strap kept <clears throat> losing tension. Not the strap itself, I guess just the way it was stretched over the pack. And every time we hit a bump, it would work in a little bit and it would make a little bit of, it would get loose. And we had to stop a few times and, and tighten up the whole load. But well, we, well, we, you're, we we're got riding, it. I think we're, we rode about one point, I think it's about 1.5 miles. Some of it is like gravel, dirt roads, clear. Othered is, you know, passes through the pines where they had mulched and bulldozed a trail. Yeah. So, you know, and you're riding on pine needles. Yeah. And it, and, and I got skinny tires, like mm -hmm. a mountain bike, skinny tires. And you really need fat tires and you really need an e-bike, but I didn't have one. So, I mean, depending where you go in there, you really, you, sh you need an e-bike. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the big challenge. And, um. Well, by the time we got back to where we needed to go. So we're headed to a clear cut. Yeah. Okay. So we're, so we're headed to a clear cut and we get back and um, Dave says, I'm, I'm going to go up this. They're actually old tram roads is what they are, I guess. 
because that was all logged out at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm assuming those were old tram roads that we were running. I don't know, probably. And Logger so he's road. yeah. So he says I'm gonna go up this tram and I'm gonna go in on the left. He's like, and on both sides of these tram roads, there's ditches and they're full of water and they stink like septic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe that's why they call it black water. I don't know. But so anyhow, he's like, right there in the ditch, there's a little wooden bridge built across. He's like, cross the little wooden bridge, get out your hunt stand app and go back to like where this second pin he dropped some pins on the hunt stand for me when he scouted it back in September. He's like, go back somewhere towards this second pin and, and climb a tree. So I'm in the dark. I'm packed up like a mule. Just drove an hour, you know, a, a, a mile and a half pedaling a bicycle. Sweating you, bullets. You've, you've got too many clothes on automatically. I mean, even if you went... It, what what temperature was it? 55 that first morning? Nah, the first morning was like 47. 47? Okay. Because Ryan, that 50 degree mark, uh, even if you went in a t-shirt and shorts, you would have been too hot after pedaling for a mile and a half. So I was sweating bullets already. I'm packed up like a mule. I'm going in blind. My headlamp, I needed to step up my game on my headlamp. It wasn't really bright enough. Um, so I literally was actually following hunt stand with my phone camera on or my phone, uh, flashlight on because it actually casted a better light than my headlamp. So there's in this clear cut, what would you call that? There was a, there was a muddy path. Just a ditch where everybody walks through. Yeah. It was like a ditch that the animals walked and people walk. And they were, it was, you know, ankle high in water also. And so I followed this ditch all the way in. And a lot of people use it, like you said. And I followed that all the way in. I got back there in the dark around that second pin that Dave was talking about. I should go. And I looked to my left, and there's already a guy in a tree right where Dave dropped the pin. Well, when we got back to where we needed to go, there was already like six or seven e-bikes. Yeah. Like they, they beat us back there. And yeah, they beat us back because they can ride, and I was pedaling. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, when I got in there, there was there was already some guys in ahead of me. And so, yeah, there's a guy there, and I'm like, what? where do I go now? You know, so I, I didn't know where to go. So I just went out into the middle of the clear cut. There was an outcropping of trees, and I climbed a tree out there and got away from everybody, you know. And I figured, well, if they're hunting the edges, I know they're going to cross this clear cut somewhere so i might as well just climb a tree so that was my morning now at first light i heard something in front of me and i seen my first seeker deer i had a little spike come through it was probably legal it probably was totally legal well i don't but i don't i don't think there's an antler restriction on sika i think I, they can be whatever they want whatever Okay, well, it was probably three or four inches, but they didn't go straight up. They curled back like a like a like a ram almost. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they curled backwards towards his ears, and I te- I was texting Dave pictures of it. I'm like, look, my first Sika, and uh, he's like, you want to shoot it? I said, nope. I said I'm gonna pass him up. I said because there's there's got to be bigger stuff here. So that was my first experience. Well, my morning obviously was the same, um, except 
I had found this new spot that I wanted to hunt uh, from scouting because I had, I had hunted that clear cut where you were at last year. And I had a huge mistake um, where I shot this monster stag. I don't know what happened. It still haunts me to this day, but it had fell over, flopped, and then gets back up and just walks away. I never, never found it. But it was in the same general area where you were hunting. So mm-hmm. I had wanted to hunt in the woods more over top of this you know little swampy area that comes in because we're it's all marsh it's near swamps and stuff and where i went i was walking in pretty much knee-high water you know where it kind of goes up and down knee-high water all the way back to where i wanted to go and my day was very uneventful um i didn't never saw a sick of deer um and um we hunted all day we I mean, we're in a stand for since 530 in the morning till seven o'clock at night. And, um, it was tough, but, uh, never saw a sick deer. And then, uh, I guess, uh, you saw another deer the same morning. Yes. You yes. saw a four pointer that was a little bit far away. It's at seven fifty. I turned around in the tree I was in and I was watching behind <laughs> me and then I, I, turned back around was looking forward and kind of was looking down at the ground and for some reason i don't know i just turned my head to my left and i saw antlers above the grass and about 90 yards out to my left and it was just skirting me at 90 yards going around me never got more than 100 yards away it just stayed at 90 the whole way around because i was i was ranging it and i could shoot comfortably probably 100 yards with my gun but the problem was all i could see was its head it would have been very unethical to take a shot at this thing through the grass because not only is there broom sedge grass as high as our waist some places as high as our chests um the deer are small to begin with smaller than a whitetail so you know, they're well hidden in this grass. We got little pines growing anywhere from a foot to yeah. 10 feet tall. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. There's 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 pine. There's very little maple, but there is a couple maple. There's holly trees. I never knew holly grew on trees like Christmas holly that you mm-hmm. see. It's I always thought they was a bush. There were literal holly trees. Yep. There was black gum. There was some red oak and a lot of swamp oak. So there is a lot of oaks. Not a lot, but there's oaks. Primarily, every oak you see is a, a lot of oak. a lot of grasses, native vegetation, and yeah. stuff. So anyhow, yeah, this deer comes around me. I didn't have I didn't have an ethical shot, and when I could see its body, I was standing up in my stand, looking through tree limbs with binoculars. And when I could see the body, it was behind all the brush in the you know the tree in front of me. <clears throat> so I never had a shot at the thing, and the whole time. There's another hunter behind me, and this Sika had to walk past this guy. Had to. There's no way about it. I was, I mean, because at first I didn't see the guy, so if I would have shot, it would have been right in line with this man, which would not have been good anyhow. But anyhow, no shot. I never heard a shot. So that was my experience with that. So the first day, I did see two males. I didn't hear. I heard like one shot the entire day and it was like far away Mm -hmm. um so that was your whole day my day was after 
lunchtime, I did climb out of the tree for like, I don't know, 20 minutes just to eat. As I was sitting on the ground eating below the tree, I heard a sick of fire up bugle and it was close. And the whole morning in the dark, I heard sick deer running through the water. I mean, they were bugling like they weren't more than 50 yards. I just, it was dark. Yeah. Um, and I heard the sick of fire up. So I hurry up and climb back in my tree and it was dead the rest of the day. And then right before dark, I heard this freaking shot. I mean, it scared the crap out of me. It was maybe 50 yards from me. So there was another hunter there and I didn't know he was there. So I had climbed down and I started walking out and I didn't know where this guy was. So I just kept, I was walking in the dark. All of a sudden I see a white belly and it's a dead sick of deer right there. The guy, I look up and the guy had his red light on his headlamp. He's like, Hey bud. He's like, I didn't know you were there until after I shot, I saw you climb down. I was like, dude, I, I didn't know you were there either. I said, what time did you come in? He's like, he's like, I got to my stand at two o'clock. I said, well, I've been here all day. I said, I didn't even hear you. It, it was windy and, um, had the wind in my face. And I said, I didn't even hear. It. He's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. He's like, I apologize. He's like, I didn't mean to get so close to you. I was like, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. So I walk past him and, uh, we, we leave and, uh, meet up with you and we pedal back out and, uh, yeah. um, we get back to the room, eat dinner, go back to sleep yeah. next morning, get up 3 a.m. again. Yeah. We hightail out of there. Now the next day we can't Diff- go through to the gate until 417. Whole different story now. Yep. Whole different story. Hardly anybody there. We um, were first in line that day. We were second that- in line. They had that one pickup truck ahead of us. We were second in line. Oh, Saturday morning we were first. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Friday morning we're second in line. So we wait. That's right. Seven. The guy had kid. Okay. Yeah, yep. Had yep. Kid. Yep. Yep. We go through the gate and uh same thing. We wait till four seventeen. We go to the parking lot. This time we're a little bit more ready. So we were pretty quick on getting out. Yeah. And um, same thing. We ride through the trails. We get all the way back to the back to this clear cut again. Mm-hmm. Not a single bike there. We were the only ones we had to clear cut to ourselves. We're the only ones. So this time Chris went kind of off to the right a little bit. Um, fifty yards from where you were. Yeah, there was a point. There was a jutting. There was a point there. Yeah, that jutted out from the woods, and I I told him I said I want to be over on that point so I can Mm -hmm. see the whole field. You know, yeah, from from and keep the woods to my back. Right. And I said, this time I'm going to hunt the clear cut. So I went all the way to the very furthest point of this clear cut, surrounded by swamp. I mean, it was a beautiful spot. And same thing. Daylight or all all morning, I heard Sika bugling behind me in the, in the cattail swamps. I could hear them running through the water, bugling, chasing, chasing does, females. And um, daylight comes. I never see a Sika deer. But I could hear them in the frag, just running like crazy, bugling no more than 50 yards. And all of a sudden, I hear this shot. And it sounded from where you were. So I waited a couple minutes. I was like, I'll wait to see if he texts me or whatever. You didn't text me. Uh, so I sent you. A, I said, like, you shoot. <laughs> you said, yeah, yes. I did. <laughs> yes. And, one, uh, one word answer. Yes. Right. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, what is it? Like, give me some information here. So uh, you can tell the rest there. So I, what was it? It was about 1030 or so. About 1030, yeah. And actually from the direction Dave was, I seen antlers coming over the grass. Mm-hmm. And 
it was probably out there 150 yards or so. And it was, it was looked like it was walking that muddy ditch is what I think it was doing. I think it was walking that muddy ditch and then it turned and started coming across the grass right to you, right toward me. And I was like, Oh boy, this is going to happen. So I, uh, I got, I, li- I like, when I set up, I like to have stuff on my strong side is my left side. Cause I don't have to stand up or not. And I could just shoot. Well, don't you know, this thing come to my right side. So I, I shifted around in my seat to the right. And I actually had my one leg off of the stand hanging off the seat and just had one leg on the stand. And I had had my shoulder up against the tree and it's coming. It's uh, like, I don't know, 80 yards or so. And it's, and it's going past all these little pine trees. And every time it would go through a pine tree, of course, you would lose sight of it. The grass was so high. There's dips and, you know, in, in the terrain and I would lose sight of it and it would pop up and it would lose sight of it, pop up. And now this thing's getting into like 50, 60 yards. And it's only like 20 yards from the edge of the woods. And I'm like, if I don't shoot here pretty quick, it's going to walk right out of my life. And I just put, I just, there was two pine trees. It was like, I don't know, maybe eight feet apart. And he was going to walk right in behind these two pine trees. So I just put the gun in between the pine trees. And when he stepped through the pine trees, I find his front shoulder and I just laid the hammer down. Boom. And you have to understand, I was facing the frag. And the frag is what what they call the swamp out in front of me, the marsh. And I was in the clear cut. So all out in front of me is marshy wetland. And then they cross this field coming towards the woods. And when when you shoot, like a muzzleloader, usually poof, you got a big cloud and you can't see nothing. Well, when I shot, the wind was blowing so hard, there was no smoke. It just went poof and blew away. And I instantly was looking, you know, what happened, you know, and I didn't see the deer run. I didn't hear nothing going down through the woods. I didn't hear anything. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I dropped this thing. And so Dave texted, did you shoot? I br- one word, yes. And he texts back, well, what was it? And I said, well, it's either a five point or a six point. And I said, I think I dropped it, but I'm reloading and then I'm going to get down and go check. So yeah, like 10 minutes later, I hear another freaking shot. Same, same air. I'm like, what's he doing over there? Yeah. So <laughs> he hears another shot. That's because I get down. And I'm walking that 50 yard over to where I shot the deer. And like I said, the grass is waist high. So you basically got to step on the thing before you find it. And I got right up to it, like within 10, 15 feet. And I seen, I seen something rustle in the weeds. And what it was, was his rack. His rack was rustling in the weed. He was, he was throwing his head around, twitching around. And I thought, well, okay, he's he's done for. I, I'm, I just stood there for a minute or so. And I thought, well, 
I don't want this thing to suffer, you know. So I was going to go over and finish it off, you know, just put it up to the rib cage or something. Boom. That's what I was going to do because I don't like to see animals suffer. I respect them too much. But I stepped in right in beside the thing. And I'm like, wow, this is nice. And he was still twitching around. And then he gets up. He gets to his feet. He turns to run. I'm so glad I reloaded the gun. I throw the gun up and find Brian and just pull the trigger. Because he was up and turning. When he was turning, he offered me another great broadside shot. But at 15 feet. And the scope's on four power. I just find Brian and bam. Well, that one spined him, and when it hit the spine, we actually find the bullet. Hit the spine, severed the spine. He dropped instantly, of course. But when it hit that spine, it, it deflected. It went down through its hind leg, which didn't do any damage to the leg, I figured out. But it did go down and break down by the elbow on the rear leg. Um, so... The first shot went in the rib cage and came out the other front shoulder. Remember that front shoulder was just all mm-hmm. broke there. So I got one through the rib cage. It came out through the front shoulder and it was it was just hanging and dangling there when we when we butchered it out. But those bullets didn't seem to do too much damage. Mm-mm. You know, like when you shoot with a rifle and it gets all bloodshot through the meat, those, those muzzle loader bullets they just kind of went right through and just a tunnel went in and out. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah, that was my experience. I, I walked up on a thing, and it tried to get – these things have a will to live, obviously. Like well, I got one last, I shot last, last year. year. <laughs> last year, like you said, it got up mm. and it gone. Yeah, this thing, as soon as it cut full eyeball of me, it, it, it bounced up and ran like it was never even hit. And luckily, I, I had a had one in the chamber and bang. Yeah. Well, you would, te- you would text, or text back and said, yeah, I got it. I said, all right, well, the only thing we really do is, you know, I'll meet you over there and we'll pack it out. Mm-hmm. So I climbed down and I had to walk probably 300 yards to you. And, uh, I walk up to this thing. And at the time you didn't really know, like what I it, have no idea what I yeah. shot. I'm like, dude, you just shot a six point stag. Like that's a, that's a monster, like a trophy. So, um, we took some pictures and then we ended up skinning this thing out and, uh, quartering it up. Mm-hmm. So we, each, uh, we each had, um, hunter edge knives and yeah. um swing outdoor, blades. Edge, outdoor edge swing blades yep yep and um we quarter you know skinned this thing out quartered it up and you had some um bags that you got from uh brad uh yeah. cooler buck bags um game saver bags or whatever they are so we ended up you know putting all the meat in there took backstrap you know everything we could and um you didn't you weren't worried about getting it mounted so um we took everything with us and then um my tree stand, the seat folds, folds down and makes like a shelf. So we just, you loaded me up with meat and, uh, I ended up packing this thing out back to my electric bike and drove it back to the truck, which we forgot our cooler. <laughs> so I had to throw the meat in there. And when I got back to the parking lot, there was like four guys just standing there in the parking lot. Two guys were sitting in cars. So I'm like, okay. So I rushed threw it into threw the meat in the truck, went back to the hotel, got the cooler, took it. I ended up taking a shower, ate lunch, uh, put the meat in there, drove back, got ice. And then I met, came back to the clear cut and you had 
took my bag, my treat, my uh, steps and my gun and you'd climb back in the tree because yes. you could shoot a doe this time. Yes. So as I was gone, you, I was had, gone. you had more deer. I had a spectacular day while you were gone. And I never even saw a sicka this entire time. This and you're entire, loaded with sicka. I Dave was gone and I had two spikes chase a hind right in front of me. So I've got two doe tags and I'm thinking, I don't know, man. These freaking females are small. 55 pounds or so. And they were just loping around. They was, she was hot. She was, she was in, you know, she was ready to breed obviously. And these two spikes were right on her and they were loping along and I, and they, and they chased them right, right in front of me at like 25 yards. And I thought, Nah, he's going to kill me if I shoot another one. He has to turn around and pack it straight back up. So <laughs> I let that one go. <laughs> so so there, there was mine that I shot, those three. So I've seen four now. Why just, then? Just that day, the first day you saw two. Yeah, the first day. Now, it, so I saw four that morning, three more in addition to the one I shot. Mm-hmm. So like five minutes later, I hear something behind me coming through the field. And here comes another buck stag. It's a four point and it was bird dogging through the grass following that same trail that those two spikes just chased the hind down. Mm-hmm. She, she must've been hot and he was trailing them bird dogging like a whitetail does. And he well, come walking past me 25 yep. yards. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Where's Dave? He needs to be in his tree right now. Yep. So so that that's that's uh what four or five right there and well, then mid, late, later in the evening yeah mid-september is the sick of ruts it's a few weeks earlier than whitetails but right. um what happened to you is what happened to me last year i mean it's a little bit time difference but same situation so where i hunted last year in that clear cut i was on the opposite side of it than what you were but we're distance wise back in the clear cut it was roughly the same area mm-hmm. and I was in my stand at 1:30 last year when I shot my sick of buck, the one that got up and ran away. I never found. This time, you shot the sick of buck at seven or 10:30, and it was the same thing. It was going across this field. Yeah. Um, and I believe the one I shot last year was a six point as well. So, same area, same you know, kind of mid midday action per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I'm burning up, carrying the meat out. You're seeing rut action. I'm seeing all kind of action. And I'm I'm mumbling stuff the whole time, carrying his meat out, walking, tr- trenching through water. He's upset. Yep. So uh, I get back. I walk back in. Still, there was no bikes in this. We were the only ones in this area, and which blew me away. I figured it would be packed with people. So I get back to you, and I'm like, okay, well. I'm going to go across the other side of this clear cut. So we're about 150 yards apart and um, we set up and I saw out to my left. I saw three, three, uh, three females that were walking this way out of the woods, something they got spooked and they ran back behind you Mm -hmm. and they came, they circled back around and they came out to my right. And you, I saw you in a distance, like pointing so I yeah. look over and there they were again, the same three I saw. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could have had a shot, but it was a little far and it was, they were kind of moving pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so, but that, that wrapped up that day. 
So they they swung around in behind me and came yeah. out right below me at 15 yards. Right. Now, I could have shot the lead doe, mm-hmm. but there again, I was like, man, I think I'm just going to pass up does from here on out because mm-hmm. Not much I, I, I kind of gave up because I was like, these things are so small and I don't want to have to pack out a second one. And not only that, but the third one out was a spike. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe Dave would want to crack at this spike. And if I shoot the doe, who knows where the spike will go and he'll never get a shot. And possibly they would turn and go towards him. And they did go, come across the field past you. But like you said, a little too far. And you, you weren't really interested in a spike anyhow. Yeah, I want to, I want to, I want a stag I can get on the wall. But, but I didn't know that at the time. And I, yeah. I was like, yeah heck with that i'm not gonna shoot a shoot a female now anyhow so i was right. i was just putting my time in so, so we could get out of there tonight you know that yeah night. yeah and, we'll post i'll post some pictures up too for the youtube of the staggy shot and uh me packing the meat yeah. out and stuff but um we left there one oh it started raining oh i so, will kill you yep we we looked at the weather and it said like seven to eight showers I'm like, okay, well, we're getting out of stand 630. There was nothing on the radar. We should be fine. Well, at like 530, I started feeling raindrops. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this, okay, hopefully this just passes or whatever. Well, it started raining. Yeah. And we got soaked. Soaked. By the time we were hunting, it rained. Climb out of the tree, it was raining. Walk to meet you, it was raining. And the entire ride out. The entire ride. Was raining. We were so soaked. Yeah. I wasn't dripping, cold. Dripping yeah, wet. Dri- dripping. I wasn't cold by any means. Oh, I wasn't was either because I just pedaled out. Right. So we weren't chilled, Um, but we were just, we were soaked. Dripping. Um, but, I mean, it was part of it, you know. Your floor mats actually held water because we were Yeah. Soaked. Yep. Seats got soaked. So then we, this is where I got upset. Dave gets um, irritated. I got irritated to the max. Um, <laughs> to the max. I was tired. <laughs> and. I was grumpy because I, my shoulders and I have, I have neck issues where my neck like just gets in pain and I get this headache and I was on the verge of a headache from packing the meat out with the, with the straps and stuff. I'm a pain so, in your neck. Yep. So I ended up taking, uh, <laughs> when, when this happens, I take, I take Advil and it kind of eases the headache. So I just wanted, all I wanted to do was get back to the room. I knew the hotel had a had a dryer so we could dry our clothes. I wanted to get some food and I just wanted to go to bed because when I get hungry, I get violent. So I wanted to get food in me and just go to bed. <laughs> so we get back there and we go to the room, we we change, I think we shower, we throw all the clothes, you know, take the wet clothes out and we walk down to this machine and all it takes is freaking quarters, right? So I'm like, okay. I don't have any quarters, but I got cash. So I went down to the front desk and the lady was like, I said, I need change for the dryer. She's like, oh, sir, I only have a couple quarters. I'm like, okay, well, how much is it? She's like, I think it's 250. I said, okay. So I was like, well, give me what you got. So she cashes my entire $5 in, in change, but she gives me like dimes. Like some of it was quarters and some was dimes and nickels. So we go back to this machine, we throw our clothes in, and Knucklehead you said, oh, let's just put it on medium heat, and it gives us 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, medium heat should be enough. So we throw this thing in there, turn this thing on, we go back to the room, we eat, time it. I'm like, all right, well, let's go get our clothes. We go back. They're freaking soaking wet. Still they didn't, wet. 
still wet. So I'm like, I don't have any more quarters. So like, I'm, I, I'm thinking, let me explain the medium heat. Dave, <laughs> my camo is not all expensive and everything. Dave has nice expensive camo. So I'm thinking uh, if we put this thing on high heat, it could damage his camo. And that's the only thought I had, but mm -hmm. I figured 30 minutes on medium would be fine. So go ahead. So they weren't dry. So I'd look at, no. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I don't have any more quarters. I'm like, I'm, let's go. I'm going to go out to my truck. Well, I went out to my truck. I had 50 cents. I tried to put it in the dimes. This lady gave me, it just rejects it. It doesn't take, it only takes quarters. So you said, oh, I got five. I'm going to go back to the, the lady and, and, and ask. They she don't rejected have me. She rejected she re me. She rejected you. They don't she, have any change. She says, I, sir, I have no more quarters. I was ready to flip a table. I said, where are we going to get quarters at? She's like, you'll have to drive down the street to a convenience store. I said, are you kidding me? I'm in freaking boxer shorts and a t-shirt and tennis shoes. And I'm like, Dave, let's go. We got to go down the street and get quarters. So I go into a convenience store in my boxers and a t-shirt. And they're looking at me like, who is this fool? Mm -hmm. And 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 I get everybody's foreign. I go in, I get foreign people. I'm like, I, I just, I need change. Oh, I can do that, he says. And yeah, he he's counting them out four at a time. One, two. I'm like, oh my gosh. So he gives me five dollars and quarters, and so we go back to the room or to the hotel and get up to floor two, and we pump the thing full course switch it to high and we go and we go and we're gonna we're on floor three so we're just like oh we'll just take the steps up we're halfway up the steps and we hear boom 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 all this noise and it sounds like it's coming from the dryer and he goes oh you probably left a primer in your pocket and it just blew up and i was like it was like one of them aha moments i was like oh my gosh I left my primer in there and this in the bullet that we find in the hide on the on the buck that we butchered or quartered up in my front pocket of my hunting pants. So we hightail it back down the steps, turn you know, open the door on the, on the dryer. I find a bullet bouncing around in the dryer. And I'm like, dude, I, I hope our clothes aren't all full of holes because this bullet was sharp and it was mushroomed back and it was in there banging around with all our clothes. I'm like, man, I hope I just didn't ruin all these first light clothes that Dave has and never did find a primer. No primer was nope. gone. Yep. Don't know where it had, where it went. But yep. so, yeah, throw the we clothes back in. We timed it again, 30 minutes. We came back and they by still this time, By this time, we're like ready to, we're like passing out, waiting yeah. for the timer to go off. It's still, they still weren't 100% dry. No, so they we get we them back. The next, we wore them the next morning damp. Well, I, I had more clothes. So I ended up changing, I wear, I ended up wearing different stuff because they just still weren't. And I yeah. knew it was going to be windy. So I didn't want that wind blowing on damp clothes. Yeah. So I ended up just throwing them off to the side. I wore different stuff, but, um, same thing. We get up at three this time, Saturday morning. Everybody's off work. First in think, line. Thinking that we're it's going to be slammed. We were first in line. We ride back to the same spot. 418 through the gate. 418 through the gate. Same spot. We were to, actually, as we were setting, getting to the clear cut on the bikes, we locked them up. And here comes a headlight. A guy was behind us. And he's like, hey, where are you guys going? We kind of just told him. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going all the way back to the back. I'm like, all right, well, that's not going to, we're not going to be close or nothing. 
so same thing we get back there we hunted the same spot where we hunted the sec the second day and um it was super windy i mean it it was whipping Mm -hmm. so um i ended up uh well we had to check out the hotel by 11. yeah so we just said hey nine o'clock let's get down we'll meet up get back to the truck go to the hotel load our stuff up so i ended up it was about 8 45 i heard something to my left and i saw a movement you know so i i got the gun up and i'm looking and it was a it was a hind but the thing couldn't have been no more than like 20 pounds 25 yes. it was small so i'm like i'm not shooting this thing so nine o'clock we uh it rained a little it drizzled a little bit nine o'clock it just it was windy we had to we had to get out of there so we ended up going back to the truck and um we loaded up and um we just said screw it we didn't hunt the afternoon it was just it was windy tired and and all that so we ended up rolling home about 11 30. um yeah. but uh that was our hunt so my second year still haven't shot a stag chris shows up first time ever hunting him shoots a stag uh, an awesome stag and a doozy at that i guess yeah, six six pointer stag um so that was our hunt so overall would you ever do it again the only way i would do this again what's the only way i would have to have access to an e-bike yep and i need a better seat cushion for a stand or a different stand (laughs) my butt was so sore from pedaling and from all day sits it was horrible so minus that would minus that you would do it again I don't know. You don't like you don't like hunting. Sick I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I would or not. You don't like the bugling, and you don't think it was cool. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, it was real cool. I mean, it it was pretty neat, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't shoot a female. You don't shoot a stag. Yeah, it wouldn't interest me because they're so small. Yeah, it, I, I think it's a, I think it's a waste of time to shoot a, a hind. Yeah, you don't get much meat out of them. No, I mean, we didn't get that much out of this stag, and the stag was huge. Mm-hmm. The stag was so big. Now, that, that's another thing, guys. I'm going to have a whole video after this podcast during the week. I didn't get footage of the kill shot, but I'm going to try to make a video up of our of our hunt and have pictures attached and everything. So get over to the channel, my channel, City Sticker, and I'll have a new video coming out. And be sure to subscribe. Get in on the subscription because I'm going to be giving away a knife for the thousand subscribers. But anyhow, yeah, I'm going to get to all that, and I'll have a video coming out. So, um, where was I going with that? So, yeah, the, the size of the deer. It it literally it was like the size of a whitetail. I mean, it, I mean, it, it was smaller. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it was it's a small. It was the size of a of a of a doe white. Yes, yes, of a doe white tail. Yeah, easy. Not a buck white tail, of course. Right. Yeah, it was it was a decent sized deer, but it did not yield as much meat as a doe would. I would it think. had it had more fat on it than a white tail. Mm-hmm. I think, but their 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 structure was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. 
too, because we noticed when we was taking the back straps out, like on a white tail, you get a back strap from the back of the neck all the way to the tailbone. Mm-hmm. And the back strap could be four foot long or so. These were like this. These were they were smaller than that. Like yeah. now they've shrank up. Now they're only like two foot long. Yeah. The back straps are tiny on it. Mm-hmm. Um the But they have they have real thick hair on them. Like they have this yeah, the, it's almost like a mane underneath. Yeah, underneath. Like a, like a deer seems to have a mane. A whitetail has like a mane right. down the back of their neck. Yep. And, and these have like a mane down their fr- uh, down their belly. And they're almost black. Yeah. And, and they have this, no they have no tail. It's it's just like a little ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, when we when we flipped it over, you know, it, it, he was soaking wet. He must have just came out of that frag area. Stinking. Oh, he was rutted up. Oh my gosh! I mean, it was bad. But see, there's another thing we don't know about. Do they, do they drop their antlers every year like a whitetail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they rub a tree to get? Do they have velvet? They rub a tree and get make a make a mm-hmm. buck rub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, but like I noticed, like they didn't have hawks on their legs like a whitetail buck. You know, I I noticed they didn't have that. You know, it, it, there, there's some different things about those Japanese sika. That, well, it's a it's, it's interesting. A, they're interested in that part, the way they bugle and the way they, the the habitat that they live in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's drastically different than whitetails, and to be able to hunt them, I mean, you you could hunt them by the parking lot for sure. I mean, you don't have to go far. Yeah. Um, but it's a different setup. I mean, to where when I mean, we're hunting public land, it's all public land. You shot a public land giant sickle stag. Yeah. Um. You you got to be prepared for it. You got to have a e bike to get back in there. You have a you have to have a comfortable stand. You got to have good rubber boots. Sometimes if it's really wet, you need hip waders. Mm-hmm. And the m- freaking mosquitoes. Oh, um, that was ground, my first experience with my thermosil. Ground level, <laughs> ground level. Oh, ground levels. You, we got eight alive. Setting up um, your tree stand and getting eight down alive. at night. Or get into the parking lot where the bicycles we left oh, them. Terrible. Oh my gosh. Um, but my once you're in the tree, all chewed up. once you're in the tree, they weren't terrible. I mean, I heard them, and then we turned the thermosel on. It, it did a, it knocked them down. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, the bugs. I mean, it's just a you got to have you got to be <laughs> you got to be mentally capable, strong to to do the hunt. I mean, it's it's yeah. all day sits. Um, mm-hmm. You got to be ready for it. You got to be prepared. Monday sit, we was all amped up. The day went by. It flew by. It was Mm -hmm. great. And then Tuesday coming, it was like, oh my gosh. You got to be. Just getting to the point. Yeah. Of where at 1030 when I shot that stag, it it was. Yeah. It seemed like forever. And then the time you were gone flew by. And then when you got back and climbed back up in a tree from that point on till dark seemed to take forever. And then icing on the cake, we got drenched. Yeah. That was just horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, by this time, my butt's so sore from riding a bike, so sore from all day sitting. And then we get rained on and then you're grumpy. Made me grumpy. (laughs) It made me grumpy. So yeah, the second day was starting to get on my nerves. That dry, the dryer situation did me in. Yeah, as little is. as little as that, the little simple dryer situation. Yeah, but after that rain, anything was going to. Yeah, sit. it didn't Here. matter who you were; you was going to yep. get set off. I'm like, how can this hotel not have at least a, a coin machine or something to get freaking coins for yeah. the dryer? 
for sure. It, I was here. It was just, we were wet and tired and everything, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to continue to hunt them. Um, I want to, I want a sick of stag on my wall. It's just a goal. I'm, I'm going to hunt them. So last night I was, I was, uh, pouting a little bit. So I ended up ordering more permits. Um, I'm going to hunt them again this year. I'm going down for a late season shotgun hunt. Um, I'm going to try again. Uh, I want a sick of stag and if I don't, if I don't get one, I'll do the same thing next year. I'll get a permit. I'll hunt the three day early muzzleloader hunt. And, um, I don't, I don't see me doing this, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, I think once I get a sick of stag, I probably just maybe hunt them every now and then it won't be an every year thing. Um, but I, I really, really want a six stag. So a six point. It's definitely a bucket list thing. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I'm going to do it until I get one. So, um, that's our hunt. That's our experience. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Chris goes again. Cause that was, it was fun, but, um, that's it. I, I would like, I would like to thank some people. First of all, I want to thank Dave because Dave went down in September and scouted and then, um, he set up the hotel rooms. He packed out my buck. I mean, that's that's a good guy. I want to thank him personally right now. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> the um, other people I'd like, to, well, we, we both were using all Limashield products for our scent free. And with the wind the way it is down there and the situations we're in, that definitely, definitely helps. I didn't wear know, any deodorant. No, I, I use all the Lemon Shield product. We took shower at nighttime. I put foam on before I went to sleep. And then when we got up in the morning, I just put more foam on. Right. I mean, we was using all Lemon Shield products to eliminate our scent. And it, even after all the sweating, I mean, here I am, guys. I'm pedaling a mile and a half. And we were soaked by that the first, time, by the time first, we got there. That first morning when we got and put our bikes up against the tree, it, I mean, it was dark. I look over. I just turned my head because I had a headlight. I look over at you. Your head was a ball of sweat. I was dripping. When I leaned over, sweat was dripping ball off my nose. Ball of sweat. Literally a ball of sweat. So I was soaking wet when I went in. And then that wind, I froze to death in there. But mm. anyhow, all that sweating in, all that sweating out, you know, no detection. Never got I, busted. I didn't. Know. I smelled just to check, too. I got nothing. But it never got busted. So their products are legit. I want to thank them for those. And our contact guy, Phil, Philip. Um, I want to thank Brad from Coolabuck. They're awesome. Brad's my buddy. Brad went to high school with my wife. Brad's very uh, uh, business-minded. He has a few different companies, and but Coolabuck's one of them. And Brad's a good buddy of mine. He helps me out. He gave us the, the, uh, the, bags. the bags that we use to pack the meat out. So check out Cooler Buck if you guys would like to see those bags. And I, I want to say something about that. Um, yeah, I've never it. used – I do have one. I have that bag that I, I specifically bought for Sika last year. Haven't used it yet. Right. But i seen the commercial years ago where Brad was on there, and yeah. he has the meat on the table yes. where the flies were on the meat and yes. then no flies in the bag. And we got to see that firsthand. Firsthand. As we were skinning this Sika deer out, quartering it up. It was the sun beaming on us. The thing stinking, and the flies were on the meat. All over the carcass. We put it in the bags, and they were probably, what, five, six feet away? Something like that, yeah. Not a single fly. 
there was no insects none or dirt on the meat when we slid it in the bag you know nope uh so firsthand the stuff is legit and i even called him last night and was talking to him when i got home and uh he was happy i made a bunch of posts on facebook and instagram and stuff about it he was thankful and uh yeah i told him about it i said yeah this stuff those things are great so yeah i wanted to thank them over at cola buck my buddy brad who else was it is that it maybe that's it cool buck let me show you a cool but our outdoor edge knives which brad's also a rep for them yeah we uh, use them those knives are awesome man we both had the same knife yeah we had actually the knife the knife you use is my old knife that was it? the old knife that you was gonna throw away yeah because he 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 left it in his truck bed sit for over a year and it was starting yeah. it was starting to get rusty and stuff why well, I, I said i'll resurrect that thing give me it so i brought it home i cleaned it all up buffed mm -hmm. it all up shined it all up sharpened it all up and i I use it all the time now. That's, and I ended up buying a new one. And we yeah, had, they, we had the yeah. same knife. Yeah, so we both had swing blades. Uh, we both had bone saws. We had the bags. And Dave had a pack. So <clears throat> it all worked out. Yeah, the tree stand. Um, if we didn't have the tree stand to use as a like a platform, it would have been yeah. tough. Um, but that seat, that's when that seat folds down, makes like an L. Yeah, we packed all that meat right on there and just uh, bungee corded and wrapped and strapped it, and um, I just I hauled it out. Well, the e bikes, so, the e bikes is the game changer. You got to have hundred hundred percent. I mean, I I got to my bike, unlocked them, I climbed on that thing, and I just stood up the whole time with the meat on the back, and I actually just leaned, I leaned forward a little bit so the weight wasn't kind of on my shoulders. I kind of just hunched over a little bit and just drove all the way back. I put that thing in three. And I just zoomed all, I was back to the truck in five minutes. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. You, from time you left me to time you was back underneath my tree stand, it was literally like two hours and yeah. you showered and ate lunch and went and bought ice. 25 minute drive to the hotel. Yeah. 20 minute drive. I, he, he was back in two hours to mm -hmm. almost to the dot. Yeah, I, I rushed. Like, Holy crap. Well, by the time I left you, I had a 15 minute walkout, 20 minute walkout. Five minute drive on the bike back to the truck. Twenty minute drive to the hotel. I mean, ate lunch, showered. I even char I even brought the bike into the hotel for fifteen minutes to charge it because my battery sucks on the thing, and took it back out, loaded it in the truck, and zoom. I put that thing in like gear five when I went back to you, and um, only thing I had to uh, carry walking in was just the tree stand itself. Yeah, and then um. But yeah, so that's our hunt, guys. That, that's, that's our hunt. That's that episode was, 43. I hope and, you guys enjoy it and uh, be watching for the next video I'm going to make with all the pictures involved. Yeah. And I did take some video with my phone. So I, I will show you the, the area. Um, terrain. The, the terrain we're in. I even videoed. I didn't tell you this. I videoed that four-point bird dogging through the field mm. and right in front of me. And he was going and sniffing around. So I, I'm going to have some pretty neat video content so get over to my channel and subscribe city sticker chris and uh we thank you for watching this is an hour-long special pro yeah, podcast. this is our first first hour-long podcast yeah um real quick though some update is um obviously we're getting toward the end of october so the whitetail rut's going to be kicking in here shortly i am off for nine days right around halloween so i'll be hunting the rut full swing maryland pa you got a bunch of half days coming up yeah. to hunt the rut 
Yep. And um, so we should have some rut stories and mm-hmm. hopefully we both connect on connect on a whitetail here. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Okay, guys. Thanks for watching. Later. Episode 43. Sika. 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 Out. See ya.